0: Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's word. So what are we going to be talking about? I already touched a bit on it. We're going to be talking about what we have in Christ. Now, it's awesome, um, I moved uh, last week Friday, so not this Friday, uh, the Friday before that, I moved from my house to an apartment, and as you guys know, like, moving can be very stressful, you know, you've got a lot of boxes to pack, all of those things, and it was so interesting to, as I'm packing things into boxes, to realize, hey man, I still have this thing, I forgot about it, you know, and because I forgot that I had something, I wasn't able to, well, I missed out. I miss out of its use because I forgot what I had. And just want to encourage you guys. It's it is the same with us as believers, as Christians. You know, we can sometimes miss out because we, for, we forget what we have. We forget what we have in Christ. And um, I really believe we need to be constantly reminded of what we have. You're never going to get to a point where you're going to feel like, okay, now I know everything. Um, you know, nobody can tell me anything. Um, we need to be constantly uh, reminded of it. And then also, just to, um, to look at what the Spirit enables us to do. You know, what does the Spirit enable us to do? What does it enable us to live out? You know, we want to have fruitful lives. And the Spirit inside of us enables us to live a fruitful life. And then lastly, just a bit on the practical side, is how do we demonstrate the Spirit? Because it's all involved to have the Spirit inside of us. Yes, we've got our ticket to heaven, so to speak. We've got eternal life. But it's of no use to those around us if we're not able to demonstrate that spirit. And I'll give you a hint. That spirit is a demonstration of love. So why this topic? Like I said, like we're not here to waste our time. We are yet to be equipped this morning. I'm trusting that I'm speaking to the right audience on that. Um, and God wants us to come to, or come to know the fullness of Him. Because when we know Him, we can be fruitful. Because so when we know God and we really is, we is uh, what his character is like we can be fruitful now last week um, it was funny because uh, Etienne mentioned something about um, the fruit and we're not focusing on the fruit and I was at that moment I was like hmm, my message is pretty much about fruit so I thought I might have to, to change a couple of things but then he mentioned that it's not about the fruit in itself but it's about the root because the root determines the fruit if I if ask Etienne for an apple and he gives me a red apple and I wanted a green apple, I don't go and paint the apple green. Okay? I know it needs to come from a different, a different tree, from a different root system. Okay? So I'm not going to be, be, be uh, sharing too much on this is the fruit that you have to produce. I'm going to share what is the root that you have and that is why you can produce, uh, can produce the fruit. Amen? I see um, a lot of pastors do that when they need to take a break for the water. They say amen and then wait, give it a few seconds for the audience to, to come back with amen. So um, I'm going to be using that, that tactic this morning. For us as a body to be fruitful, for the body of Christ to be fruitful, the members have to be fruitful. Okay, it's, There's no point in just one member being fruitful because then the body is going to suffer. Because God created the body in such a way that each person with a special plan that God has given them for each person to be fruitful in that specific plan, in that specific um, thing that God has given us. And I want to ask you guys a a couple of questions. Um, Firstly, and and, uh, hopefully your answer to all these are yes. Uh, Firstly, it is, um, are there areas in your life where you can be a better representative of Christ? Now, is there areas in your life where you can be a better ambassador of Christ? Yes, I'll put my hand up for that one. Are you willing to challenge your thinking? Are you willing to challenge your thinking? And then lastly, do you want to grow in maturity? And uh, if the answers to, to all of those questions are yes, then you're definitely going to be blessed this morning because um, you're going to receive something awesome. So the goal of this morning is for us to grow in our understanding of God, coming to know more of what we have, become aware of what we have, and then be led by the Spirit inside of us to bring those things that we have coming out. Okay, so that's the goal. So who of you guys want to be fruitful this morning? Amen. Amen. Okay. So now let's get into some, some scripture. Um, John, 5 verse, uh, uh, John 15 verse 8. Obviously the scriptures aren't on the screen, but you guys are welcome to, to follow in your, your um, Bible apps. Okay, John 15 verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. So first off, we see this thing of, um, you know, disciples bearing fruit. You know, it's the disciples that bear fruit. It's not saying believers. And that's actually a very interesting thing, because just because you're a believer doesn't necessarily mean that you are bearing fruit. An example that I have for this, I've got a lot of examples about apple trees and children. And uh, Because I believe children are also the fruit of man, obviously. Um, but the example I have is, if you take an apple tree and you take it out of the ground and you put it on the side, it's still an apple tree, right? But does it bear fruit? No. Because it's not plugged into its source. So that's kind of what we we're going to be discussing this morning as well. It's the source. Who's the source? And if you're a ministry school student... Well, if you're a Christian, you should know the answer. Jesus is the source. Okay, so there's no automatic um, bearing of fruit just because you're a believer of Christ. Okay. Uh, the New Living Translation says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Living a fruitful life brings glory to God. Amen. Because it's testifying... Of who is inside of you, because when you when you are living a fruitful life, people can see. They're basically seeing Jesus. That's that's what they're seeing. They're seeing Jesus. They're seeing what's inside of you, and they are able to to experience God's goodness through you. So, what does what does the fruit look like? So, we first know disciples bear fruit. So, what is this fruit? So, John thirteen verse thirty five. I'm reading this one from the Passion translation. It says. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you, by loving one another, this is Jesus speaking, everyone will know that you are my true followers. So a follower is also a disciple, right? So what Jesus is saying is, if when, when you demonstrate the same love, okay, then uh, by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So we can see that the fruit Jesus is talking about is a demonstration of love. Okay, so disciples bear fruit, and the fruit that they bear is the demonstration of love. Uh, Psalms uh, 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, we all agree with that. Where is the Lord? Inside of us. So people should taste and see that the Lord is good through us. Okay? That's the only way that you can actually taste and see that the Lord is good, is through, through other believers. Okay. Now, I remember when I joined, um, or when the first time I came to Grace Life in 2013, I think, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of, I think it was 2012 actually, but um, the awesome thing, with the Word was awesome, I, I got born again, um, I got born again there, but the really awesome thing was I could see the fruit in other believers, I could taste and see the fruit of God, of Jesus. In other believers, and that is what made me came back come back you know we can have an awesome message up front, but if our people don't um, taste uh, taste good um, then then people won't come back to to come and get the fruit okay um, there's an example of you know these, these um, what do you call them um, plantations of uh, let's say uh, mango trees. Does a mango grow? If you know there's good fruit there, right? And I'm talking about like a, more like a naughty child that uh, breaks into a farmer's yard. And, hey, but that child is going to go get the great fruit. They're going to come back. you know. And the same for us as believers. We can be Bearing such good fruit that people come back to come and experience it, to come and taste it. Okay. So what is God's desire for us? 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 from a new king, James says, "Um, we desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So firstly, we see that God's desire is for all to be saved. That is, God's desire is for all to have his spirit living inside inside of them. Okay. So, what is the second part talking about? And to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, if we just go on to verse 5 and 6, it says, For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So, God desires for us to come to the knowledge of the truth, and that knowledge of the truth is Christ in you. Okay. So that knowledge of the truth is Christ in you because when you know who Christ is, you know who you are because it's him that's living inside of you. You see how important it is? So it's important for us to be saved firstly, to have God's Spirit living inside of us, and then come to the knowledge of Christ. Now, who is living inside of us? Okay. Um, Ephesians 1 verse 17 says, and this one I'm reading from the, the Good News Translation It's not genitonic, guys. It's the GNT. It's not genitonic. It's a good news translation. It says, And ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you the Spirit, will make you wise. So the Spirit makes you wise and reveals God to you so that you will know him. So first, like I said, the Spirit is what makes us wise. So we need the Spirit to be wise. We need the Spirit to know what we have. And then secondly, it reveals God to you. And more specifically, it reveals God's love to you. Because what is God? God is love. Okay. So we need the Spirit of God to be able to lead a fruitful life. And just to kind of sum, sum this whole, I'm an analytical person, so I need to put things like this. So firstly, to live a fruitful, no- to live a fruitful life, you need to know love. To know love, you need to know Christ. To know Christ, you need to be intimate with Him. And the only way you can be intimate with Him is if you've got His Spirit living inside of you. And then it's all about becoming aware of that Spirit and of the work that Christ is doing in you and letting that out. Okay. So um, the next, next scripture here is Galatians 3 verse 14. It says, Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon Gentiles. There's an important part. And now through faith we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. So God, in the, from the beginning, He promised His Spirit. Okay, And then He made good on that deal. You know, he sent Jesus, we paid for our sins, and now when we accept the payment for our sins, His Spirit comes and lives inside of us. So God promised something, and he was faithful to that promise. It's now that spirit that gives us life. It's that spirit that gives us a, or enables us to live a fruitful life. And all that a, a fruitful life really is, is now yielding to that spirit. Allowing that spirit, the spirit of God, to lead our lives. So okay. God is faithful. He paved the way for us to receive the promise, to receive the spirit. Through Jesus. 2 um, Corinthians uh, 5 or 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that he is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature. What's well, creation? So, the first thing is that uh, having God's Spirit living inside of you has made you a new uh, creature. Okay, that's the first thing. And then it goes on, it says, The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have, beca- have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Spiritual awakening brings a new life. I will also say, a, spiritually, a spiritual awareness brings a new life. It's good to receive the Spirit, but there's a, there's a lot of people that receive God's Spirit, but that's where it stops. You know, So they're not, they're not levy, uh, leading a new life. Nobody would be able to actually tell that they are born again. Okay? Because they're not aware of what has happened inside of them, so the spiritual awareness—it's what, what that is—what makes the new life come out. Okay, being aware of the spirit makes us fruitful. And I just want to say this: like, if you doesn't matter what your life was before, God's spirit inside of you has made you a new creation, giving you a completely new life. Okay? So if there are things that are that's maybe holding you back from your past, let those things go because that's not who you are. Don't identify with those things. Those things will only be able to hold you back if you identify those things as that's who you are. But if God has created you a new creation, for you it's completely, uh, completely different. I just want to quickly stop here and get the uh, online going again. <coughs> So 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, um, this is a popular scripture, but I'm reading it from the Passion Translation because it brings out a couple of things I want to, want to share with us. It says, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. And I looked at the word or the definition of mingled, and it says, to bring together without fundamental loss of identity. Well. Wow. That's awesome. So when we are mingled with Christ, right? when we are mingled with Christ, we take on His identity. That's how how awesome it is. We take on Christ's identity. So now we're not just close with God, we are one with God. You see, so there's a difference. So a lot of believers have this uh, maybe this idea of, you know, God is now close. He's come down to earth. He's close with me. But in actual fact, He's one with you. Mm -hmm. That's how awesome it is. Now, when on the topic of of uh, of fruit, when a, a branch is connected to a specific tree, that branch will bear the fruit of that tree. That that obviously makes sense. Now, when we are one with with Christ, when we are mingled with Christ, and we are seen as like little branches attached to the tree, uh tree trunk, then we are going to produce that same fruit, right? So we are going to produce. The fruit of Christ, or the fruit of the Spirit. I'm giving a bit of a hint of some of the scriptures that's coming on further. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and when we are united with God, we are able to bear, bear fruit. So we're going to now look at what is this Spirit. So once you've received God's Spirit and you've become one with Him, what does it enable you to do? And the first thing I want to say is it enables you to hear God's voice. Okay. Now, why is that important? Jeremiah 10 verse 23 says, O Lord, I know that the path of life of a man is not in himself. It is not within the limited ability of man. So firstly, there's a, there's a clue. We have limited ability, but God has unlimited ability. Okay? Even one at his best to choose and direct his steps. So just off the to so choose, we are not created to choose and direct our steps. So we are not created to plan our lives. So it's crucial for us to hear from the Creator. Because otherwise, how do you know whether you are even on the right path, if you are doing anything re- remotely what God wants you to do? And it might be good things that you are doing, but oh, those are those the things that God wants you to do? You know, there's a lot of good things in this, in this world, humanitarian things that we can get involved with, but it's not, it's not saving lives. You know, it's not, it's not um, bringing people into a relationship with God. Okay, so it's crucial for us to, to hear from God. And then luckily we can hear from God. John 10 verse 27 uh, from a New King James Version says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. Amen. That's awesome to know. That's awesome to know that we can hear God's voice, each one for themselves. You don't have to work through somebody else to hear God's voice. Amen. Yes, obviously, we've got the family of Christ. We've got the body of Christ. Sometimes God is speaking so loud at you, but you're not hearing him. And then he uses somebody else in the body to deliver a message or to give you a word. And that's why we always encourage uh, um, ourselves here in church or in this gathering to to come up when you have words. Because there might be somebody that's so distracted with life that they're not able to hear from God. Yes, they should be able to hear from God, but the distraction is causing them not to hear. And then when you come up to the front and you share a word, they can hear God speak through you. Okay, so that that one wasn't in my notes, but that's definitely for, for someone there. Um, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And, uh, l- last night I actually just looked at the scripture again and it was, was kind of an interesting thing to say is, my sheep hear my voice and then they follow me. So to ask yourself, like, am I a follower of Christ if I'm not hearing his voice? You know, that's a, that's a big statement. Um, so it's, it's, it's really important for us to, to hear God's voice. And then now we're going to go into something um, quite interesting, and something else that the, the spirit enables us to do is it enables us to speak a new language. Okay. And what do I mean with that? Is it enabled us to speak the language of love. That's the language God God speaks. Not the Afrikaans, English. Yeah, he can do all those languages, but the language that we can all understand and we can all relate to, and we can all experience, is the language of love. Okay, so Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Anybody want more of that? Anybody want more patience, want more peace? Kindness in action. (laughs) Amen. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. And then it says, never set the law above these qualities. So if you felt like, yo, I want more patience, I want more peace, or any of those things, the awesome thing is that those are fruit of the Spirit. So those are things that you will produce when you have the right seed. If you've got God's seed living inside of you, which we do, we've got God's Spirit living inside of us, then you are able to produce that fruit. And it's all about the Spirit leading you. You know, next time you know you want to get angry at someone or whatever, just speak to God. He's going to tell you there's no need to get angry, He's going to lead you. He's going to reaffirm your identity as a son, as a daughter, and re- um, remind you of who you really are. So when you go to God, like every time when there's a feeling that comes up and you know that's not it's not something nice you want to feel, just go to God, just speak to Him. He's going to speak back to you because you can hear His voice. Amen? Amen. The, the thing with this this language of love, or how I term this, is who of you... Um, can speak more than one language. Okay, so, so for me, English is my, my first, oh, my first. See, I can't even do that. <laughs> English is my second language. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's, it's not as easy to just, you know, you might be thinking in Afrikaans, but then you have to translate and it gets, uh, and he knows this. When I get tired, my, it's, things just come out weird because I have to translate it in my mind. But the thing is, the more we practice it, the better we get at it. But so the more we, let's say we go for lessons, like I know there's a couple of languages, like the more we go for lessons, the more we get taught, the better we get at it, and it becomes natural for us. We can even start thinking in that language, okay? Now luckily for us, the Holy Spirit is also the teacher. Okay, so He's going to teach you how to speak this language of love. Amen. So we are enabled to love. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5 to 6. Um, Also from the Passion, it says, Yet we don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength, for our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. He alone makes us adequate ministers. So who makes us adequate ministers? God. Okay? We are focused on an entirely new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the Spirit. So our ministry is not the letter of the law. Our ministry is the power of the Spirit. Okay, Our ministry is the power of the Spirit, and that is love. So our ministry is to demonstrate love. And God has created each one of us to be able to demonstrate love. He's called us all to demonstrate love. It's not just, Etienne must love people, Nadine doesn't have to love people. We are all called to love people. And it's not like when the Word says that we um, are to love one another or forgive people, it's not like the Word is saying that because God wants to put something heavy on you. The Word is saying that because you can The Word is saying that because you've been enabled to do it. Amen? Oh, man, this, this one is a fun one. <laughs> uh, when I was preparing this, I was uh, really excited. I can do all things. <clears throat> okay. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen, I can fly. <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> I can fly. If I just believe this scripture, I can be the next Olympian. Right? That's what they're saying. If I just believe the scripture, I can win the next m- uh, rugby match. Not that I'm playing rugby, but you get the picture. What happens if both teams believe the same scripture, that they can do all things? In the end of the day, you have a loser, right? So guys, the scripture is not saying, doesn't say I will succeed in everything I want to do. That's not what the scripture is saying. Oh, Amen. I can, I can do all things <laughs> um, So I can, do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What are the things that Christ will strengthen you for? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. Christ isn't going to strengthen you to fly unless that flying is somehow enabling you to preach the gospel to everybody in the you know, then maybe. It would be weird if we start seeing people flying and we know that they've got a strong faith. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Philippians 4, verse 13 from Amplified makes it clear. It says, I can do all things which he has called me to do. Okay. So we just said earlier, God has called us all to demonstrate love. So you can do all those things that is demonstrating love. Okay. Think about this. What what are the things that Jesus did on earth? Because this is saying Jesus will strengthen you to do all those things. What are the things that Jesus uh, did on earth? He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Which means you can do all the things that's needed to destroy the works of the enemy. Okay? And you will be able to do the same works. You will be enabled and strengthened to do everything that's needed to bring people into a relationship with God. Those are the things. You will be strengthened to preach the gospel. You will be strengthened to to make disciples. And you will be strengthened to be an effective witness of God's Spirit living inside of you. God will strengthen you to persevere when persecution comes. He didn't free us from persecution, but He will strengthen us to persevere through persecution. Acts 1 verse 8 it says, but you will receive power, this is from the, the New Living Translation, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Well, the, the best way to tell people about Christ is to live like Christ. You know? A lot of times we don't want to hear what a person says, we want to see what they do. Because when somebody says, I'm this and this, I do these things, and then you see they don't do it, it discredits them. Okay? So a witness is someone that testifies verbally or in action regarding something that has happened. In our case, being a witness is testifying to the fact that you have God's Spirit inside of you. Okay? It's living out what has happened. So that's a positive event. Is living out what has happened in the Spirit. And a witness is somebody that looks like Jesus and that lives like Jesus. It's somebody that is aware that it's Jesus that's living inside of them. Okay. So God enabled us to have the mind of Christ, to think like Him, to be like minded. And that is why we can say, like Father, like Son. We can be like Jesus is. I thought I'll throw all of this in because it, it it can sometimes sound very heavy when it's like oh you can do this you can do that you can do this and you know that you haven't been doing any of it okay so what if we miss it first thing is we respond to God's grace Amen <laughs> it's a, it's the goodness of God it's His grace that brings people to to um, to Him so Romans five verse seventeen says for if by one man's offence death reigns through the one much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign through the one Jesus Christ. So we've obviously received the part that says the gift of righteousness, right? That's how we became born again. But just before that it says, those who receive the abundance of grace will reign in life. So in the natural, we will probably fall short. You know, when we do things out of our own, we get tired, we lash out at somebody, You know, we're not speaking that language of love. um, But we can thank God for His grace. His grace will always be more than enough. Okay? So there is a response from us. It's not a working to prove yourself right again, but there is a response from us. It's being aware of God's grace. and like, God, like I made a complete mess of this, but I thank you that the Jesus inside of me is perfect, and therefore I've got hope. Jesus inside of me is more than enough to, 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 make, things, um, to make things right again. Uh, Philemon or Philemon 1 verse 6. I still haven't gotten the, the final say on which one is the right one to, how to say it. So I'm saying both. Of it. Um, it says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you. Guys, we've got good things in Christ. Amen? We have got the righteousness of God. We've got eternal life. We are blameless. Okay? We've got a a lot of good things in Christ. And we are able to conquer our thoughts when we, we, we focus on the good things that we have. So I mess up. I just tell myself, I thank Jesus that I'm the righteousness of God through Christ. You know? So, when we miss it, when we are not able to, um, or when we are not fruitful, let's just say that, when we are not fruitful, just keep on focusing going back to Jesus, going back to your righteousness in God, going back to your identity in Christ, and then you will become, you will start growing in um, in fruit. And just, just the last one on that, and these are all things that, 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 that I've—I um, almost want to say implemented, but that sounds—that doesn't sound right. But um, these are all things that I've uh, practical things that I've used in my life, because you can you can get to a point where you condemn yourself. You can c- condemn yourself. The, the the more we know about the spirit, the more we know about God. The more the higher we start seeing God, the 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 more awesome we see God. Right. But then when we make mistakes, we condemn ourselves because we're like, yo, I'm living so far below what I'm able to do. But I want to encourage you with these, with, with, with these scriptures, and especially this verse. He said, not let your thoughts take you captive, but you take your thoughts captive. Okay? Second uh, Corinthians 10 verse 5 from the, the ESV. He says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So you have control over what you think. Yes, life will get busy, there will be distracting things, distracting thoughts, and all of those coming into your into your mind. But this scripture is saying that you can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean to take a thought captive to the obedience of Christ? Well you just ask yourself what does Christ say about the situation? What does Christ say about me? I make a mistake. I maybe swear at someone, you know, or I have a bad thought coming into my mind. What do I do? I take that thought captive. I'm like, is this my thought? Is this the thought of Christ? If it's not, just go on. That's not a, replace those thoughts with what God is saying, what Christ is saying about uh, about you. And then, um, just to get on the kind of the practical side, is demonstrating the spirit, demonstrate, the demonstration of love. Um, and one of the, the best examples on that is is Second Corinthians 5. Not the whole book, just uh, verse 16 and 17. It says, So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. So how do we evaluate people then? This, 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 verse, or this uh, verse is saying refuse. we refuse to evaluate people Merely on the outward appearance. So we don't evaluate people based on what they look like. We don't even evaluate people based on their actions. Why? Because, let's say, if there's a person that swears a lot, right, you might have tried to avoid them because of their actions, right? But maybe all they need is the Spirit of God living inside of them. Okay? So we don't evaluate people based on them. So what do we evaluate people on? Well, the verse gives a, a hint. It says, um, where it says, he has become an entirely new person. So what made us a new person? God's Spirit. Okay? God's Spirit made us a new person. So when we evaluate people, we evaluate people based on this. Do they have God's Spirit or do they not have God's Spirit? So God is a Spirit and that is how He sees the world. When He looks at the world and everybody in it, it's either they have His Spirit or they don't have His Spirit. Okay? So that is how we evaluate people. And what our part is, or our part to play is, if the person doesn't have the Spirit of God, then it's obviously we need to share the Gospel in love with them. You know, build a relationship, build that, that trust up until that point where, where you can get the Gospel across. And if they have the Spirit, and they maybe swear a lot, <laughs> and they maybe just need some discipleship, you know, just to, to know who they are, to, for them to get to know who they are in Christ. Guys, because that is, a, that is a great commission, that is what God has instructed us to do, to preach the gospel and make disciples, to okay, and to love people through doing that. Because that is actually probably the biggest demonstration of love, is to preach the gospel to someone. Because when they receive Christ because of you preaching the gospel, right, they are saved. They're going to spend eternity with God. So that is, that is, um, that is absolute love. Um, Ephesians 5 verse 1 to 2 says, watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Uh, this is awesome. Like, just to, to think of it, like we learn by, by imitating. As like young children growing up, they look at their parents and they do what their parents do. In the same way, we can watch, <laughs> maybe it's not always a, like a good thing. Huh? <laughs> um, in the same way, we can watch what God does and then we do it. And when we say watch what God does, you just look in the word what Jesus did. Because Jesus is a, is a perfect, um, image of God, representation of who God is. There's a saying that says that um, children oh, now Children do not what the parents say, but what the parents do. Okay? And God did the same. God said what he will do, and then he did it. Okay? So we can trust God because he's a man of his word, and we are sons and daughters of our word as well, not just a man. <laughs> Um, it goes on to say, um, keep company with him and learn a life of love. To keep company with God is to just to have a relationship with him. To speak to God, to hear from him, to cooperate with his spirit. And then like that, that verse is saying, you will learn a life of love. Those fruit of the spirit that we mentioned, those are things that are just going to come out of you, going to bubble out of you. People gonna have a hard time stopping that coming out. Okay, that would be an awesome uh, if people have to stop you to stop you to love. That's an awesome testimony <laughs> to have. Um, <clears throat> observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. You know, just on on that one, the the way Christ loved us was extravagant. You know, the word says that for the joy that set before him, he endured the cross. So Christ knew. I have to go through this thing, the cross, die on the cross, but the joy that's coming is going to come after that, is more is worth more than the suffering, okay? And I want to challenge you guys in that as well, when we deal with people, when we love people, is to also put the joy, see, see what comes after that. Maybe there's a difficult person that you're dealing with, they don't want to hear anything from you. Or they, um, they've done you wrong, whatever it is. But see the joy that comes out of that at the end. Because, yeah, because it's, it's, it's difficult for, sometimes it's difficult for people to receive because of, you know, their past or whatever it is. And it's just the love of God, loving them to a point where they can receive God and where they can receive his, his identity, the identity of Christ. You know, that is what we are um, called to do, is to love people to that point. Okay? So I just want to encourage you, like, whenever there's a a difficult person you are, are ministering to, just to think of the joy that could be coming after that. And there's many testimonies in church of that. You know, somebody that was maybe, like, rough around the edges and it's like, oh... This person, you know, you always want to hide them in church. I'm just kidding. Um, but just to love on them and then seeing them change because them becoming aware of God's Spirit in them, that is really awesome. That is a joy to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people have shared testimonies in, in church, and it's a joy to hear those testimonies. It's a, it's a joy to hear how people have changed just through believing the Word. Yeah. And we get to play a part in all of that. Amen. Amen. Um, Yeah, it's all about renewing our minds and starting to think like God because that is the mind of Christ. That is what we have inside of us. So any situation you face, just start thinking like God. And then I just have a a couple of uh, challenges for us here. Um, To really challenge you to do what the Word says you can do. Okay. Like I said earlier, when the Bible instructs you to do something, love thy neighbor, forgive, or whatever, it's telling you, it's saying that to you because that's what you've been enabled to do. Okay. It's never supposed to be a burden. It's never supposed to be something where you feel, I have to do it. But it's a cooperation. It's a cooperation where I get to do it. I get to preach the gospel, like I said earlier. I get to make disciples. I get to, to be a witness. I get to pray for the sick. And sometimes it might be might be scary to do it. And just a picture when I was preparing for this, a picture that I got from this is, um, uh, Etienne and Chris comes up a lot in my pictures. Um, but just this thing of like, if Etienne takes baby Chris to a, um, a play park or whatever, and he puts him on like a structure and tells him he can jump. You know, obviously it's not very high, but Etienne wouldn't do that. But, um, Chris will only jump if he trusts Etienne's voice. And that is something that came out of relationship. Okay, now, Chris might be scared to jump. Okay, he might be scared because he's never jumped in his life. And from Etienne's perspective, he's telling Chris to jump because he knows it's possible. Okay? So God knows what is possible with his spirit inside of us. And he's calling us to jump. You know, he's calling us to, to go out to do the things that he's placed in our hearts. You know, he's called us to, to do those things. Um, and the more, the more Chris yields to his father's voice, okay, the more he's going to become like his father. He's going to start doing the, the things that his father, do, father does. One day he's going to m- mow the lawn. He does. <laughs> <laughs> The word says, as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. So, your actions follow what you believe. If you believe you can do the things that the word is saying you can do, your actions will follow that. You will start doing the things that the word says you can do. Okay? If baby Chris starts believing that he can do these things that Ethan is telling him to, he's going to start doing them. Okay? it's going to become natural for him all you need is Jesus okay the, Jesus is the way of life and he's also the way to fruitfulness there's nothing else that you need if you have received Jesus if you re- receive the spirit of god there's nothing else that you need to do other than just having a relationship with him to be fruitful okay you don't have to Necessarily attend ten Bible courses and okay. Now I'm going to be fruitful. You know, we spoke about it uh, yesterday. We had our uh, graduation for the first and second years, our ministry school students. Just because you have a certificate doesn't mean you're going to be fruitful. Okay, doesn't mean you're going to be fruitful. But all you need to be fruitful is uh, is Jesus. And I'm coming to a, a close. Just a few more scriptures. Um, <clears throat> and this is just actually just encouragement to, um, for us all to not neglect the gathering together. And the scripture that I have for that is Romans 1, verse 12. It says, um, this is from a passion, it says, Now this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's face, faith. Let's face, yeah. <laughs> Whenever we have these gatherings or life groups or any invitation for church, I want you guys to really partake of those things because it's going to give you the opportunity to be stretched, to be challenged. And from that, there comes fruitfulness. From that, um, it's able to bring in fruitfulness. You know, iron sharpens iron, as the word says. And when we spend time together... With another, another believer that they should be perfect, right? Sometimes we believe that oh, that's a Christian, I should be getting it all, uh, all, uh, correct. Um, but then we realize it's not that easy. Not everybody is there. Okay? And there's some, there's sometimes some friction there or some challenges that we have to work through. <coughs> but working through those, those challenges in love, through the Spirit leading us, we're gonna experience so much more fruitfulness. Okay, so God has created it in such a way that his body has to partake of the body to be fruitful. I almost want to say, like, you you won't be fruitful just on your own without being connected into church. Um, Hebrews 10, and I'm not saying that because I'm an elder. (laughs) I really mean that. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 25 from the Passion says, This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently. Wow. That one is saying we should even come together more frequently. Eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. When we are not around other believers, it's very easy for us to become cold. 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 There will be, there there will be a tendency for us to slack in the things of God, you know, because we're not plugged in, you know, we're not, like this, this um, verse is saying, we're not being urged on, so in a church we, we constantly urge each other on, constantly reminded of who we are, you know, we, like I said, it started off in the beginning, if, you, if there's something that you have but you forgot that you had it, you're going to miss out on that you're going to miss out on that, on that, but also we as a body is going to miss out on that. Okay? It's, it's funny when we get to like this um, Manakamp, mana um, men's camp and stuff like that, it's, it's awesome just to see how everybody brings, one guy brings a gas bottle, the other one doesn't have one, he's got a, a, a cooker or a pot or something. Um, and that's awesome just to see how in the body we bring different things to the party and together we are able to enjoy all of it. So during these camps we have an awesome time, awesome time of fellowship, awesome time of word, growing, being, uh, becoming more fruitful, but it's only possible if we are all bringing what we have. Okay? And also we should urge each other on to continue digging deeper, to continue seeking the truth, seeking Christ, In every situation. And then just the last scripture that I had for us. um, Ephesians 5, verse 8 to 11. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Guys, there can be unfruitful works in your, in your life. You can be spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of resources doing works that is unfruitful. Doing works that is not building up God's kingdom. You know? Doing things that is, is actually just taking away your energy, just wasting your energy. And I want to encourage you to choose the things that are fruitful to God. To choose the things that are fruitful to God. We don't have to to live a perfect life. God never said we must live a perfect life. But we can live a fruitful life. And then I just want to leave you guys with, um, with this. Just as much as we speak love, we can also speak love. Because love is now our language. Okay, God's language is love. He's got the spirit inside of us that's a teacher that's going to teach us how to speak this language. And all of us are enabled to do that. Amen? We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.